Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Hey guys, welcome to or welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. Before we get started, make sure that you are subscribed to the Oh My Allergies podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Follow the Oh My Allergies podcast Instagram, which is at Oh My Allergies, to keep up with what we're doing and to see some really fun, exciting content. Rate and review the podcast. Hopefully it is five stars and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. Today's episode kicks off season three of the Oh My Allergies podcast, which is like so insane to think about, to be honest. You know, I took a mini hiatus from the podcast, which was well needed, I will say. And I love doing the podcast, don't get me wrong, but I'm not gonna lie, it's definitely a grind putting out new episodes each week. But I am really excited to be back on the mic talking to you guys, and I am excited for all the episodes we have planned for this new season. But in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about allergy burnout, basically explaining like what it is, my experience with it, and how to be able to find self-care after feeling burnt out from your allergies. But before we get started and get into the conversation, you guys know I got to tell you guys what's been going on. What's been going on with me? Hmm, where do I start? Um, A lot has happened uh, since the season two wrap up of the podcast. I am still in college. If you didn't know, I am a senior in college studying communications and business. And the week that this episode is actually going up, I am in the midst of my finals. And it's kind of crazy to think that this finals week is going to be my last finals week of like undergrad, like period. And that's just so crazy to just say out loud uh, because it's just been like a thought that's been circulating in my head, but to actually say it out loud, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is actually happening. Like I am very, very, very close to the finish line. Um, But I'm recording this on Sunday and I actually have a final presentation that I have to give tomorrow. So I've been working on that throughout the weekend. Uh, But thankfully, my finals are like mainly papers. And then I actually have to record a podcast for one of my final projects in one of my classes, which is very exciting. You know, when I found out about that, I got super excited because you guys know I love podcasting, hence why I have a podcast. You know, I just enjoy like the whole process of podcasting. You know, I still have to finish, you know, that podcast project and then I have to finish my papers but I don't know if it's just me but I actually prefer papers and presentations over exams literally like any day you know I just don't really care for the pressure of exams you know I personally don't think that exams are always that effective because there's people like me who get tests in exam anxiety and for me it can just get really bad so I'm just thankful for the formats of my finals this semester to be honest because It's just 
the emotional toll that I go through when I'm trying to emotionally and mentally prepare myself for an exam. And it's not even like whether or not I don't know the material because usually I do know the material. It's just like having an exam or a test that's being timed. It just freaks me out and I get overwhelmed and it's just not a good situation to be in for me. But that's kind of how my school's been going. It's been going pretty good. Uh, my chapter of my sorority, we just had new members join our chapter. And that was just very time consuming, to say the least. Um, but my graduation is actually coming up, which is just hard for me to conceptualize, to be honest. Uh, it doesn't really feel like four years has passed since I first stepped foot onto my campus. You know, it's just really amazing how fast time goes by. You know, so I've been going through the whole like, what am I gonna do when I graduate from college and like applying and interviewing for jobs like crazy because that's what you do when you're a senior in college. You know, I've been spending my entire senior year applying for jobs, but the pandemic has just kind of made it a lot harder because a lot of companies aren't really looking to hire or if they are, it's kind of like contract work and not like full-time job work. And it's just kind of frustrating but, you know, that's kind of how my job search is going. I'm still continuing and applying and interviewing and things like that. Um, but I've also been kind of going back and like forth about whether I should go to like graduate school or not. You know, it's something that has been on my radar and I keep having like this internal battle with myself. So I've like started to apply to some programs and then I'll stop and then I'll start back up again. And like, I know I want to go to grad school, but I don't know like the order of how I want it to happen. Like, I don't know if I want to graduate and then go straight into grad school or graduate, then wait and do like a gap year situation and then go to grad school. Or if I just want to start working first and then go like, there's just a lot of different combinations and different scenarios are going through my brain. And then also what's going through my head is like I said, I'm supposed to be graduating soon. And so the whole idea of doing an in-person graduation has kind of been heavily weighing on my mind just because of like us still being in a pandemic, which I think a lot of people, even people that I know still are like forgetting that we are still in a pandemic. So trying to make sure that I do everything that I need to do in order to be safe, just because I mean, I have not been in a big group gathering like a graduation for like a really long time like I want to say the last graduation I went to was for the class of 2019 so it's like been a minute so it's just something that is kind of getting me and my family a little bit nervous about not gonna even lie to you guys um just having to deal with that type of a situation especially because I know people who are at my school who are let's just say they're not being the most responsible in my opinion in terms of navigating this pandemic and so I'm kind of like I I just don't want to be around that and I just want to be in a safe environment where I feel safe and comfortable and I don't put myself in a bad situation where you know fingers crossed it doesn't happen but like I get it so just those are the types of things that are weighing on my mind in addition to doing a senior college student things. But that's basically what's been going on with me. And I just want to give you guys a little bit of an update of what's been going on with me since, you know, it's been a minute since I've 
you know, been on the mic and doing a podcast because we were on a break. But with that being said, I can get right into my foodie likes. The first foodie like that I'm going to be talking to you guys about is from the brand Free to Be Foods and it's their dark chocolate sunflower buttercups. Oh my goodness gracious. So I've been loving these things lately. I came across them at Whole Foods actually. If you follow the Oh My Allergies podcast Instagram which is at oh my allergies then I did a go grocery shopping with me Instagram reels and this sunflower buttercup was one of the things that I showed me getting from Whole Foods because it's literally been my freaking go-to when I go to Whole Foods like literally I will go into the candy section I'll be like okay let me go grab it because the Whole Foods that I've been going to has them on last chance so they are for a really good price so I usually get like maybe about four or five of them each time I go just because they are just that good they're kind of like a Reese's peanut butter cup like kind of how you can get a pack of them and you get like two so it comes with two but I love the flavor of it it's really really good it's a really great alternative if you have any type of nut allergy but you want to be able to have some sort of nut butter alternative also I really just love the dark chocolate because you guys know I am a big sucker for dark chocolate it tastes so good normally what I do when I go get them from Whole Foods is I'll put them in the freezer And then when I want one, I'll take it out of the freezer and eat it. Oh my gosh, guys, it tastes so good. It's a really good little treat to have. Uh, Sometimes I will have both of them if I'm feeling a really good chocolatey mood. But for the most part, I usually only eat one at a time because that's honestly all you need. It's just really rich. You know, it's just a really good snack to have when you're watching your favorite TV show or if you're watching a movie or even if you're not, I usually might eat one while I am working on like homework or even, you know, if I'm on my period or something and I'm in the mood for chocolate. But really highly recommend those if you have not tried them already because they are just that good. Um, Another one of my favorites is another thing from Whole Foods that I recently uh, tried. It's from Newman's Own and it's their wintergreen mints. Those taste really good. I've been getting back into like having mints, which for the longest time I just have not had mints in my life. Literally my go-to thing to have that's kind of serves the purpose of a mint is having the simply gum that I've talked about on the podcast like a thousand times but lately I've been liking Newman's Owns Mint. I tried their wintergreen mints and then I tried their ginger mints. They're both good but I tend to really gravitate towards the wintergreen mints ones so highly recommend trying both of them but I'm a really big fan of the wintergreen ones. But those are the foodie likes that I want to share with you all this week. So with that being said, I can get right into the allergy news. So the allergy news article that I'm gonna be talking about this week is from The Counter. And the article is titled, Sesame is now officially one of the top food allergies. So I've talked about it in several different allergy news segments in previous episodes about kind of like the ongoing process of sesame finally officially becoming one of the top 
food allergens. So instead of it being a top eight, it would now be a top nine. So some developments in the story are that now the law that got passed through um, the House of Representatives and also by the senators, it was passed by both of those levels of Congress. And then the law was recently presented to the president for him to be able to sign it. So sesame is a now the official ninth major food allergy, which is really exciting for all of my friends uh, that have sesame allergies. So with this new law, it's a labeling law. So by January of 2023, all products that contain sesame must be clearly marked in terms of labeling is concerned. And then another aspect of the law is that the Department of Health and Human Services will now prioritize regular reviews of promising food allergy treatments and research. So hopefully through this new uh, food allergy treatments and research that the Department of Health and Human Services is going to be now prioritizing that a lot more allergens will be added to the growing list. But that is this week's allergy news. Like always, the allergy news article that is discussed in each episode will be linked in our show notes. So be sure to check that out so that you all can be able to see the article for yourselves and be able to read and get some more in-depth information, some things that I might not cover here in the episode that will be obviously um, in the article itself. But now that I have talked to you guys about the allergy news article for this week, I can get right into today's topic, which is all about allergy burnout. So today's episode is going to be all about allergy burnout in honor of May being Food Allergy Awareness Month and Mental Health Awareness Month. Now, if you have allergies or you have someone in your life that you help manage their allergies, whether, you know, it's a loved one, a child, things of that sort, constant allergy management can slowly start to erode your sense of well-being and kind of drive you insane. You know, as a person who has food allergies and just allergies in general, the trauma of any allergic reaction, especially an anaphylactic one, is just as much physical as it is mental. You know, as I reflected on, you know, all of my allergic reactions, you know, my body not only feels shaken up directly after when happens and, you know, it doesn't feel like itself for, you know, a couple days, but my mind tends to feel like that as well. You know, I don't know if anyone has felt this way before, but after having a reaction, you feel like you're getting, you know, this confirmation that you aren't doing as good of a job at managing your allergies and your food allergies um, as you thought you might have been. And so instead of giving yourself grace and a break, you tend to just go right back into the grind of allergy management, reading labels two or three times and, you know, reading the ingredients while in the aisle at the grocery store, you know, looking up the names to see if the names listed are alternative names for your allergen. Um, you know, when you go out to eat or go over someone's house, you know, having to always ask what they put in the food and having to pack snacks or easy meals in the case that you can't have something at the restaurant or at a family member's house or a friend's house, you know, the grind of allergy management just does not stop. And after a while, it can get pretty exhausting. 
I'm probably preaching to the choir. So when it comes to kind of explaining exactly what allergy burnout is, basically allergy burnout is when you are just so tired and you are just so done, like physically, mentally, and emotionally um, done with dealing with your allergies that you start to kind of subconsciously um, let your food allergy management or even just allergy management in general kind of slip. And it's not anything that happens on purpose. It just happens when you tend to feel either like overwhelmed or you feel like you're being stretched out too thin or you can't keep up with the constant demand that allergies and allergy management takes. So it's kind of like this level of emotional physical and mental stress and the toll that it takes on you just because of all the different things that you have to think about when you have allergies like this has been talked about in so many different episodes of this podcast talking about a lot of the not only physical demands of having allergies but also the mental demands of having allergies as well so having to put other things before managing your food allergies. So whether that's like different social events that you might be a part of or recreational activities that you may do like work, school, just other different priorities in your life that come up that kind of get you sidetracked from being able to do your 110% best at managing your allergies. And just things tend to kind of fall through the cracks. It's just because you're overwhelmed. So that's kind of in a nutshell what allergy burnout looks like. So it's kind of like regular burnout, but it's like all around allergies. So like some signs of dealing with allergy burnout include like having trouble sleeping, lack of motivation, a lack of joy of doing normal things that you usually enjoy doing. I'm having like this sense of like hopelessness and helplessness, uh, being forgetful, feeling physically or emotionally and mentally exhausted. So you may go from like being really highly irritable to just feeling emotionally blunted and it can affect like so many things in your life, including the relationships with people Um, that you really love. I know when I first started to discover some of my food allergies in specific, I felt very stressful and food for me just started to feel like poison instead of something that you need because it nourishes your body. I felt this pull of needing to eat on one side and then like on the other side, I felt afraid that I might eat something that is dangerous and harmful to my body. And then my body starts attacking itself. And for one of my allergens, macadamia nuts, you know, I had to really keep my eye out for snack bars since a lot of them have nuts in them for protein and having to check hair care products, lotions, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. But one thing that I've learned is that Normally, people who rely on convenience foods and fast food items tend to be a lot more stressed out than families who tend to cook more regularly. Uh, My family uh, fell within like the ladder with doing a lot of our cooking at home. Uh, We would eat out, but not a lot in comparison with other people that I know that eat out like every single day. 
And I would say cooking at home has helped a lot with my allergy, stress, and anxiety. But since you are cooking more, you may get burnt out from having to cook all the time or just the whole process of cooking. So whether that's cleaning produce, having to rinse beans and rinse quinoa, having to dice and slice veggies and seasonings, or even having to do a lot of research to figure out ways to be able to substitute and avoid your allergen or allergens. You know, it can just be this constant cycle that is just tiring. So I'm going to be going through some tips that I've put together that have personally helped me along my allergy journey to help me avoid burnout or deal with allergy burnout. And then some tips that I feel like you all uh, could be able to implement into your lives to be able to help with managing allergy burnout and dealing with it as well. Now, one of the first things to do when trying to deal with allergy burnout is to actually recognize that you feel overwhelmed. So sometimes being overwhelmed means that you're feeling burnt out in the kitchen Um, Other times overwhelmed could be just the days and nights where you just can't stop thinking about everything that just needs to get done. So the to do's could just be constant and they just don't stop when you go to bed and then you wake up often thinking about them at night. And so that's when you really know that you're just in a puddle of being really, really overwhelmed or, you know, there's being overwhelmed when it comes to, like I said before, like learning a new way of cooking using various different alternatives and substitutions for your allergens. And, you know, it's already hard enough cooking with regular ingredients. So let alone knowing how to make things using a whole new set of alternatives while trying to make it delicious, key term delicious. So it's just Honestly, the really good first step is just to recognize that you are overwhelmed because that's kind of half the battle. And like once you recognize that you are feeling overwhelmed with having to manage whether that's just one allergy or allergies within your household, whether it's you being a parent or you being the person who actually has multiple allergies, then you can start trying to figure out different ways on how to be able to conquer feeling overwhelmed. My next tip would be to start implementing meal planning within your routine. You know, when you have food allergies, it's important to have a plan. Some people may be able to get away with getting fast food on the way home and it not be a big deal. But for a lot of people with allergies, you may find yourself in a situation where you are easily frustrated trying to find something to eat quickly that is, you know, safe for you. And that's where meal planning literally enters the chat because meal planning is going to be become one of your best friends because it can help you with not getting stuck in the I'm super hungry and there's nothing for me to eat trap, which I am guilty of falling in at least a couple times during the week. I'm not going to lie. My mom can definitely attest to this. I tend to do a lot of meal planning when I lived on campus and when I would do in-person internships during the summer. I would pre-plan what I would have for lunch every day of that particular week. And at first, it can feel very overwhelming, but brainstorming a list will help with simplifying the process and help you feel, you know, empowered and excited about the things that you can actually eat instead of feeling 
discouraged about the things that you can't eat. So honestly, just start by sitting down and just finding one week of safe meals and then go week by week and keep each week in some sort of a file. So whether you keep that physically or digitally so that it can be reused. Now, initially from experience, I know that meal planning can take a bit of time for the first time that you do it for like the first month. But after you do it for a couple months, you can start to reuse the list and kind of have a meal plan rotation because reusing your list and just rotating the things um, for the different meals that you have throughout the week or throughout the month can honestly save so much time and so much effort in the long run. So don't be afraid to rotate. So the next tip that I wanted to talk with you all about is simplifying because I think a lot of the time, and I can attest to this personally from experience, that a lot of different times in my life, I tend to feel overwhelmed is because of either constantly having to cook without having a break, and I know my mother can attest to this too, she's probably smiling, um, or constantly thinking of trying to find safe food that you and your family can have. So One thing that I've learned from my mother or just from, you know, cooking on my own that I've done throughout the years is that food does not have to be fancy at all, like all the time. Like it doesn't like once in a while you might want to treat yourself and kind of worry about like the food styling of things, but like your food does not have to look like you just got it from a restaurant. In fact, simple, easy pared down meals can really be good if you focus on the flavor. So one thing that could help with being able to simplify your kitchen flow is coming up with a list of simple meals that use real food and things that can normally be found like in the perimeter of a grocery store because it's just so simple. You know, you don't have to read a ton of ingredients on the label because that saves a lot of time when you're going grocery shopping and you don't have to go searching for the ingredients at different specialty stores. And then like most of the ingredients you could start buying in bulk and be able to just have them in your pantry. So really, you know, you might want to think about choosing a few different meals for when you come into a place in your life where you tend to feel overwhelmed. That could be like your go-to meals that you don't really have to even think about it. So whether that's one pot meals or whether that's crock pot meals or just different things that you can just like dump and then just let it cook for like 25 minutes or 30 minutes and not really have to think about it is really going to save you a lot of time because you are trying to simplify your workflow and the food's going to taste amazing and taste so good and you don't have to worry about whether or not um, something has an allergen in it or whether it has an alternative name in terms of buying prepackaged food because you know the food that you're putting in your dishes because it's whole food. So definitely simplify, simplify, simplify. Now my third tip is to start your day on a good foot. And I say this because how you start your day will honestly set the tone for how your day will go. So if you wake up tired and grumpy, then there's like a really big chance that that attitude will carry with you throughout the day. So you really need to have an inner conversation with yourself about what you can take care ahead of time so you don't feel rushed in the morning. So 
Does that mean that you need to get up 15 minutes earlier to sit down and plan your day? Does that mean you need to read a devotional, you know, journal or have a cup of coffee or have a cup of tea and have some peace and quiet? You know, whatever it is, just figure out what it is so that you can put things in place in order to make that happen so that you can start your day off positive and just honestly in a really good headspace because that makes such a difference. Like I know that there's times where I may wake up and, you know, I just I just feel like blah and like literally for the whole day because I had that bleh mindset waking up and I didn't really do anything for myself to help with getting me out of having a funk. And it's okay to totally have those days where you have a funk, but it's like, what are you going to do to be able to get out of that funk so that it doesn't affect everything that you do in that particular day? Because that could mess up with you being able to hit certain deadlines or you not having the motivation to do certain things. So it's really important to make sure that you put things in place in order to find whatever you need to start off your day on a good foot because like I said it'll put you in a really good headspace and when you're in a good headspace you'll be able to do a lot more things at 110% of your ability. Now my fourth tip is for the allergy parents out there and it's to not be afraid to call on your tribe. You know we've had allergy parents, allergy moms on the podcast before and one thing that they've all said is that a lot of parents, especially moms, tend to feel like they are 100% responsible for food allergy management along with everything else that they have to manage. And it's important that as your kids get older, they are going to need to know how to be able to manage their allergies on their own. So it's important to have talks with your children that can help them understand their allergies, the severity of them and what they should do when they are in the middle of an allergic reaction. And even stressing the importance to your kids or younger kids that are in your life, the importance of letting the people around them be aware of their allergy or allergies because it's important for the people around you to know about your allergy in the case of you may be going through an allergic reaction and you can't do anything for yourself whether you are in the verge of passing out or you're going through anxiety or whatever the case may be or you might not physically be able to inject the EpiPen into your leg. So you need to let the people around you know what the deal is and what they can do in order to help you if you're in the middle of an allergic reaction and you can't do anything yourself. Another point I want to bring up is from a past episode of the podcast. And I remember when we had Leah from the Food Allergy Institute on the podcast, and she talked about how it's important to have a tribe of people around you to be able to help you along the way. You know, whether that's getting your spouse on board, finding a relative, a friend, um, a child care person who can help you and your family out because that can make all of the difference. And you just know that you don't have to do it on your own and that you don't have to have that stress on you alone and that you can have people around you that can help you navigate these types of situations. My fifth tip is to not forget about self-care. You know, we've talked about self-care for allergies on the podcast before and on the podcast Instagram, which is at Oh My Allergies, so definitely follow us. I know people, including myself, can get so wrapped up in doing this for this person or, you know, doing that for that person that they forget about themselves. 
And, you know, for me, self-care isn't selfish because you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. So you need to make sure that you're able to do whatever you need to do in order to feel whole and at peace with yourself. So you definitely do not want to forget about self-care and whatever self-care may look like because self-care looks different for each person. Um, But whatever you feel like self-care is, like I know for me, self-care is reading a book or self-care is playing you know, a game on my Nintendo Switch or even just podcasting. You know, it's very therapeutic for me at times. So just find whatever self-care looks like for you and make sure to implement that into your life. And if you need some suggestions, then definitely you should listen to the episode we have about self-care when you have allergies. My second to last tip is to move your body. Even the smallest amount of exercise, like I don't know, walking your dog around the corner is helpful self-care. You know, you don't have to have a Peloton or a treadmill or a gym membership in order to move your body. You can walk after dinner or you can walk in the morning. You can walk around your house while listening to music that you find relaxing. You can watch a YouTube video for Pilates, yoga, cardio, you know, there's so many different workout videos on YouTube that you can follow along to. And you can start off small, but it's just important to start somewhere because you will thank yourself later because you're able to release those endorphins that are going to be able to put you in a better mindset and make you feel good about yourself. And my last tip, which is a tip that I personally need to follow, so we're we're both going to do this is to get some sleep. And I'm going to say it for the people in the back, get yourself some sleep (laughs) because it's important to get some rest and it's important to create a bedtime routine. So you can set an alarm on your phone to be able to remind you to start wrapping up your work at a certain time so that you're in bed with at least 30 minutes before you officially hit the hay. I know that this may be hard for some people because you may want to keep your phone. You may want to keep your laptop and keep watching that Netflix series because Netflix keeps asking you, are you watching? And you're like, yes, I am still watching or other different distracting things that are in your bedroom. And I know when I was living on campus, what I would do is I would plug up my phone on my desk so that once I got in my bed, I was in my bed and I was not near my phone whatsoever. And so I would have to get out of my bed and then I would have to make the choice between getting out of my warm bed or going to get my phone. And staying in my warm bed would usually always win. So definitely, maybe that might be helpful for some people. I know that helps me a lot. If my phone's not near me right before I go to bed or my iPad's not near me right before I go to bed, I will tend to get bored and then go to sleep. But slipping into burnout can be a subtle thing that happens. It can be something that happens in small increments over time and you don't want to wait until you feel depressed or depleted to start wanting to make a change and choose a different path because it's important to remember that your well-being is important, especially if you are a caregiver, because caregiving requires so much energy. And in order to be able to have energy, you have to remember to nurture your mind and your body. And if you aren't at your best self, that can affect so many different avenues in your life, including allergy management. And implementing just maybe even one of the tips I mentioned today, 
could have a positive impact on not only yourself, but everyone in your inner circle as well. But I hope you all found this episode to be somewhat helpful. If you did, be sure to send us a message over on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page, which is at Oh My Allergies. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast if you are not subscribed to the podcast already on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Hopefully it is five stars and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye guys. Bye.